Welcome back to the Zerk Coffee and Chaos podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything relating to what it means to be a prepared individual and a survivalist in today's day and age. I'm your host, Chris Bartigon, ZP002. On the show with me today is Jamie Franks and Paul Taylor, Zert instructors, extraordinaires, and we are uh, doing a different format. First time on the show, we've had... Uh, Three people, so I'm excited about that. I take that back. It's not the first time we've had three people on the show, but it's the first time in the video format we've had uh, three people on the show. So check it out. New new, new things here happening at the at the Zert HQ in the podcast. Um, but uh, Jamie, Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. Usually you pay double for this kind of action. I know, right? Jesus. I mean, the last time you guys I were... I think we got enough room for... For, for one more, for one more. we do. Yeah, I think we can probably do that. We got to get somebody on here. Um, maybe one of these times we'll get uh, XP001 on here just for comic relief, just for the good old times. What, but what are you saying? We don't provide comic relief. I mean, you probably will by the end of the show. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> um, t- today's show uh, has been spawned from obviously the recent information coming out about this proposed bill in Massachusetts. Um, I did a quick little teaser about it uh, after getting a bunch of messages from state POCs, state uh, just regular ZERP members, uh, friends of mine, and I mean, just a couple other people pertaining to this proposed bill regarding training and the um, the regulation or the proposed regulation of training coming out of Massachusetts. So we did a little, um, I did a little um, teaser video, and when we had talked about what show we were going to do, I felt like this kind of took precedence over everything else that is on the the calendar uh, because it is kind of a hot button. So I, I know I sent it over to both of you to take a look at, um, and I've looked at it and tried to understand it to the best of my ability with the wording that these government officials use when writing these things. It is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Well, yeah. So it's it's actually as what like I, I don't want to seem like I'm correcting you just for the sake of correcting you, but you said it was a, a bill in Massachusetts. It's it's actually a bill that's being proposed in the Senate of the United States. So it, it's not just for Massachusetts. It's for everybody. Right. But it's coming from a senator from Massachusetts who yeah. has you know been serving. Uh, he's been a sitting congressman or senator continuously since 1977. So 46 years, and I, I've never heard of the guy before. Uh, right before this so that that shows how influential he's been uh but yeah the the bill is uh it seeks to amend title 18 of u.s code which u.s code is the uh code that basically decides what is and isn't a crime it's the, it's the basically the penal code uh section of, of of u.s law and so it seeks to amend title 18 by, basically by using this to create a, a new something that will now be considered as a crime and it's to prohibit unauthorized private paramilitary activity and for other purposes. But, you know, we talk about also in the news lately has been all this stuff about like the border bill and all this stuff, but like, you know, the bills like that are 
you know, 220 pages long and they're convoluted and they include a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, in terms of that, this really is fairly short. It's really it, only a couple of pages. I, I think it's actually only one page um, from what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, I guess it depends on what format you're looking at it. But um, it's the thing that stood out to me is it's deliberately vague right uh which which i think is deliberately opening it up to a lot of interpretation which right which i'm sure we'll get into, so but. yeah and so uh, you know a couple of the 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 terms that are used in describing this bill and uh it are the words militia and paramilitary uh and obviously militia hits close to home within ZERT because it has been commonly misrepresented as a militia. Um, Paul, I'm, you know, being, <laughs> being around for as long as you have, especially in the Las Vegas area. I mean, there was, you know, there was a time where one of the three letter agencies walked into HQ and basically said, you know, Hey, we were aware of who you are. We know what you guys are doing. We understand that you have active, and retired military and law enforcement. And so we understand that, you know, you, you are what you are and you aren't what you aren't. Um, and so, you know, it's commonly referred to as a militia, but where that gets a little bit confusing is how the, the, the word militia is used, how it originated and where it is now. Right. So I think there's there's a lot of misconception about that word. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of uh, Zert members from the past and the present and and uh, the amount of students that I have right now that are that are calling me or texting me and and they're so worried about this bill. So right. and I can completely understand. I have a, a different look at it, you know, and I'm pretty sure it's the same look that everybody else, you know, has. I can't say I'm not worried about it, but uh, but I just tell them. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not, you know, I've never trained militias. I don't train militias. I'm training law-abiding citizens to, to right. protect themselves and their families. But if somebody showed up to my range and started asking questions, I'm pretty sure that, you know, if this thing passed, of course, there's going to be conversation, you know, and that's what we're having right now. There's all, there's, this is leading up to more conversations. Right, right. So to say I'm not exactly worried about it, of course, mm -hmm. we're worried about this stuff because this is infringing our rights, which is crazy because it's also in this bill. Right. Talking about infringing rights. So, so just to, just to kind of lay out the, the two, the two definitions that I think are going to be important here is obviously a militia. Uh, the definition of a, a militia is a military force that is raised from a civilian popula population to supplement a regular army in an emergency. And then uh, with all words, there's always, you know, other definitions as well. And, and the second definition is a military force that engages in rebel or terrorist activities in opposition to a regular army. Um, so those are the two definitions of the word um, as it sits. Uh, yeah. So uh, do you ahead. know what you call 40? Do you know what you call 40 lesbians with guns? <laughs> what? Militia Etheridge. Oh Jesus! In the uh, anyway, so uh, in this in this bill, uh, see, and you what, said there was no comedy, relief. right? But uh, hold on, before we get to, before we get to the bill, I just want to also define for everybody listening the Second Amendment. And if you if you're not aware of the Second Amendment, which 
I'm hoping everybody is, here it is, a well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. So the word is literally in the Second Amendment, right? So those two definitions I wanted to get out there just so everyone understands what we're what we're talking about. Um, so go ahead, Jamie, pick up uh, another important definition within the definition of the second amendment, right. not militia Etheridge. Um, so it's, it says it starts out with a well-regulated militia and, and this is a little bit of a, um, Oh, what do you call it? Like, uh, like, like we don't speak this way anymore. Kind of, you know, like, like right. Shakespeare used words that we don't use anymore. So in, when the second amendment was written, the, we think of the word regulation or regulated now as like limited, like, uh, like we're going to regulate your right to bear arms or whatever. That means we're going to restrict it or we're going to make rules about it. When the second amendment was written, the definition of the word regulator or well-regulated or regulation regulation was training. Right. Uh, So it's, it's funny that, uh, you know, the, this bill, um, that that we're going to get into one of the things that it, you know, kind of not so sneakily, uh, aims to restrict or regulate is training, right. which, you know, like reservists now, like military reservists, they have like what they call a drill weekend or they're drilling. Um, that's what was meant by the word regulated in the text of the Second Amendment. So I, I wanted to point that out as well. Regulation right. didn't mean regulated in, in the way we think of it now. Right. And then if you're familiar with the movie Young Guns, there was regulators mount up. And it, up. it became a famous Nate Dogg song. Um, but anyway, the, the history of uh, militia, it dates back to the colonial era, the colonial era. Um, militias were used in the American Revolutionary War, American War of Independence. They, they were used back in the early days, you know, the days that Paul was still a young guy. <laughs> There we go. We Paul had to throw here, here. Paul, yes, Paul, Paul exa- exactly. Paul, Paul, okay. yes. Um, but so, you know, uh, during, and again, I have notes, so I will be referring to some of those notes here because I am not a complete historian. But uh, during the colonial era, Anglo-American usage, military service was distinguished from militia service. Um, and that distinguishing factor was obviously uh, time and salary, where a militia was only kind of used or needed to meet a threat for a short period of time. Um, you know, the the history of, of the military in our country is robust and, and probably unique. Um, so militias were used during this time. 1787, the Constitutional Convention, Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution gave basically control to the federal Congress to use militias as deemed necessary. Um, And then when you move into the 19th century, you know, states maintained militia differently. Um, Some saw action, some were not prepared. Again, they were able-bodied men who didn't get the kind of training that was probably needed, but some saw action during the War of 1812, the American Civil War, but they weren't really, you know, it, it wasn't 
it, it, it wasn't a negative thing that it eventually became. No, it was uh, celebrated. Um, so you know, each each township, each each community, each region had a, a regional militia. Um, the the term Minuteman was born out of uh, in certain areas as we drew closer to the revolution. Uh, some areas realized they needed more of a, a QRF, a quick reaction force um, that drilled more often and that were more well prepared and, and they were kind of the elite divisions within the militia and they needed to be ready at a minute's notice and therefore they, they became known as the Minutemen but the the other like the regular components of these these early militias they would uh they would drill only like a couple of times a year they would really drill like from what i read like really three to four times per year and that was kind of used as uh, an excuse to have like a town festival right uh while the while the militiamen were were drilling or doing regulation uh they would have like a festival around that and all the townspeople would come out and watch and observe and they would have have you know like kind of a, a street fair based around the the drilling of the militia right. so yeah it was a it was a happy thing and very normal yeah um you know hollywood we we refer to movies a lot um i think we're all a bunch of movie kite movie guys here um mel gibson the patriot i mean that was a militia that was used during that time and again it was used to i mean obviously there was you know th there was some hollywood effects in, in that movie and there was some hollywood isms in that movie but there it, it, it was like you just said it was celebrated at that time and it was not a negative um, it, it didn't have a negative connotation to the word. And it wasn't until after the American Civil War that it started to kind of go sideways and started a spiral. Um, and it was definitely, um, it, it was, it started to get used. And what's funny is, again, we can always be fact checked here. And if somebody is a historian and they come in and they're like, no, but absolutely, but. It, it, uh, militias were used after the American Civil War to help secure wins in the South during 1876 by the Democratic Party. And it's funny to, to read that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, what is this guy thinking? But yeah. one of my favorite memes is uh, it's a picture of Abraham Lincoln. And it says, I haven't seen Democrats this mad since I took away their slaves. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but, you know, the, so the initial thought behind militia was almost like a draft, right? It was all able-bodied men called on by the government to assist. When it started to become people creating their own groups and forming their own groups for their own agenda or to be used as their own agenda is when it started to, again, go kind of sideways. Um, these groups formed themselves. They used force and intimidation and violence to push out Republican office holders during this time. Which, again, is like, oh, wow, shocker there. 
I'm I'm not going to sit here and and pretend to say that I am a full-on historian and I've read all the books. I mean, that would highlight some of this stuff, but you know, I'm sure that is probably true. Now, you can sit there and, and- Go ahead. There's many parallels that you can draw, like uh, in, in the French Revolution, the yep. the group of people that was going around and snatching people out of their homes and cutting their heads off with the guillotine, they were called, and you can look this up, they were called the Committee for Public Safety. <laughs> wow. So, you know, we, we do all this stuff today, all this, you know, ridiculousness and uh, in, in the name of public safety. And, you know, it's history certainly does repeat itself. Uh, but going back to the militia uh, in, in this bill that we're going to talk about um, th- that some people are worried about, they there is a, a section in the bill that that outlines who is exempt. And they right. do outline that, like, uh, authorized militias. And so then that begs the question of, well, okay, what's authorized? And right. so uh, Section 32 of U.S. Code, subsection 109, is uh, its, its title. It's U.S. Code. It's Maintenance of Other Troops. And so it basically says that the chief executive or the governor of each state may designate an actual uh, state militia that, right. that is appointed by him. Uh, or her, and uh, and then and then additionally, the National Guard uh, counts yeah. as, as that as well. And then it, it kind of it's actually funny you're reading that historical definition and the actual definition that's that's actually still currently in U.S. Code uh, mirrors very closely what you said. Like you're you're not entitled to any sort of pay. You're not exempt from being drafted into actual military service. But but uh, when I was reading that bill and it said that uh, authorized militias were exempt, well then I was like, okay, well what what counts as an authorized militia and so that that's what that's actually is codified by u.s code uh, section 32 uh if, if you're interested in looking that up um one of the other things that i uh, i recognized that um militia had to provide their own firearms so going back to yeah. the days of that like you know you and again we're not we're not talking ar-15s we're not talking about glock pistols like this is Black powder, flintlock, like, and that's what they had to, and they had to bring it. They were not, um, I think there was something that where they would get reimbursed if, if there was damage or whatnot. But so you just brought up National Guard. Um, so uh, obviously anybody that's not listening, Jamie, you're still active duty. Paul, you are retired, but you did, you did do the guard, right, Paul? You, yeah, I was in the reserves for reserves. a year between my, uh, before I before I joined the army. Okay, so during the 20th century, I believe is when the National Guard was was formed, or right around there. Again, well, don't give me dates, the Army but. National Guard claims that its birthday was in 1636. So it's you know like I, I always I always kind of tongue in cheek. No offense anybody. I always kind of tongue in cheek. Make fun of the National Guard every year when they claim that they're 300 years old and like the United States isn't even 300 years old. So how is the army national guard 300 years old, but they do claim that their birth date was in 1636. Okay. All right. So, um, but during the 20th, 20th century is also when the rise of these private militias came and the, and the, the ones that they reference are all, and we're, I, I don't want to name them, but they're all, um, they were all formed in for basically for religious, political extreme, or hate groups, right? And you can all kind of decipher who we're talking about at that point. Um, and which leads us to a couple of years ago. And and here's what's really funny is, like I said, we've talked about this is coming out of a Democrat 
out of Massachusetts and, you know, the Democrats, the left will call BLM peaceful protesters, right? I mean, yeah, mostly peaceful, mostly, mostly peaceful. Yeah. Like the guy, the shop owner, they got his head caved in and it was all caught on video. I'm sure that was just, that was peaceful, but. Oh, and, and the bank of America that was burned to the ground about three miles from where I'm sitting, that, that was mostly peaceful. Mostly, yeah. Peaceful. But anyway, so, so that, that's kind of the, the history of the words that are being used in, in what we're about to talk about here. And I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to give some line of sight to that. Mm -hmm. So everybody understands kind of what, where we're going. So Paul, you said you have the, the actual, you have the, the bill pulled up or the proposed bill. I want to make sure. And then I think it's, uh, it is S dot three, five, eight, nine, right? So that is the, that is the number on the bill. And you can, and guys, if you're looking for this, we'll put the link down below um, so you can go pull it up and and read it or attempt to read it for yourself. But yeah, I did want yeah, to put if you that go out. to. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say if you wanted to Google Congress. it, you just Google Congress S dot three five eight nine. Sorry. And yep, that's it. it. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah. So the the link will be downstairs or down below, and apparently we're going to have to do a raise your hand thing here for. Can't all talk at once, guys. Yeah, sorry. My, that's my, my bad. Story. That's all right. Um, all right, Paul. So um, when when I talked to you about this the other day, obviously one of a, one of the ZERT members, uh, new ZERT member who's been pretty active in taking your classes, you said he reached out to you. Um, what was his initial his initial concern or his initial thought on it? And I, and I want to get you know, and I and I think Jamie, when I sent it to you, you weren't tracking on it. So I'd like to get both your th uh, initial thoughts, Paul, you have it from a, a member. So what was his initial thought? Yeah, he was scared to death because he's taken quite a bit of training. I think he's taken five classes from me so far. And which is awesome because I, I remember talking to Jamie, uh, you know, a year ago and he talked about the people that, that come out to his range and uh, his company and they keep taking the same class over right. and over again yeah. and you know at the time i was like oh, i take a class okay i learned from them i want to take a class from from somebody else but you know based on people's ability and knowledge i'm seeing that you know these students aren't retaining everything and that gives him a reason you know to come back so he was like i'm not going to do this anymore and he showed me the bill and i honestly read it and i was like yeah this does not pertain to me i don't even care so and then he, I looked at the big picture. So was he, he was scared that he was going to get in trouble? Uh, he, yeah, he was scared that they were going to start flying drones over my range and okay. start, you know, taking pictures of everybody's license plates and tracking us down. And he was afraid that he was going to get put on a list and they were going to take his guns. And I don't even know what he was, you know, what all, but huh. I mean, it gives people, you know, you talk to, there's so many people paranoid out there about, oh, I can't fly with a gun or I can't well, do. And right. there's information, disinformation out there. Yes. And I, I basically was like, dude, I train law abiding citizens to protect themselves and their families. Right. So, it. right. So let's, let, let's go, let, let's go into the, to the bill here. And it's the, it, it's being cited as, or this, the short title is preventing private Paramilitary Activity Act of 2024. Um, so that's what that. <laughs> Jamie raised his hand. That was awesome. 
Great. You got to pay attention. Please. I, sorry, I was reading the bill. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamie. You're allowed to talk. <laughs> no, uh, we do need some kind of signal, but no. Um, so yeah, so you talked about you know what what's the historical definition of a militia? We you know and and we talked about actually how like most of that definition that you read that dates back like literally two hundred years like actually does still apply, and and I talked about how they did carve out a an exemption clause within this bill. So then I said. Authorized militias are exempt, so that begs the question: What's an authorized militia? So then, what are we talking about? So, right, uh, they define what they seek to turn into a crime because they seek to amend the you know Title eighteen, which is the the U.S. basically penal code, uh, to include this. So, what do they want to outlaw? And it's uh, any organization or group of three or more persons associating under a command structure for the purpose of functioning in public or training to function in public as a combat, combat support, law enforcement, or security services unit. So at, at the top of the show, I talked about how the, the first thing that jumped out at me when I, and I did, I read this entire thing top to bottom. They are deliberately being vague. And I, I believe they are deliberately being vague. So, if they are so motivated to fly on a Paul's or range or whatever, um, they can shape this and bend it to fit whatever they want it to fit. And when I, the more I read, and it's so funny, like they, the people that do this kind of stuff, people that write this kind of crap, uh, they they almost always end up, sh you know, showing you their cards if you really oh right 100%. scratch a little bit beneath the surface. So right. like everything in this bill is so vague, but then like the one thing they're super specific about is high capacity ammunition feeding device. Like oh right, why, why did you suddenly get so specific about that? And yeah. that goes back to a thing we talked about in, in the last show that you and I did about how uh, there was this trend at Shot Show this year of lever guns, and there's even some lever guns that now take a P mag, and so. I believe that the proliferation of lever guns is because people are trying to get around these assault weapon regulations. But this, any firearm with a high-capacity ammunition feeding device, that would also include your lever gun that can take a PMAG. Uh, but the more I dove into this, the, the, the way my mind works, I was like, you know, you obviously you talked about and I didn't know about what you just said about how uh, three letter agencies had actually looked in dessert at some point. That That's interesting. That's funny. But um, so, you know, maybe somebody that's ill informed or, or that that just wants to shape it that way could call Zert a militia. But I started but, thinking like, well, yeah, but let me let, I, I want you to I want you to quantify that. Like, why? Why would you why would you put that out there like that? And again, just for because. Because Zert, we, we have T-shirts that have a, an insignia, uh, you know, that that is military looking, and the people that have their first year, second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year cards, it has a little rank yeah. kind of device on it that looks military-ish. Uh, at the Zert classes that I've trained, everybody shows up in uniform wearing, a, a, you know, wearing their Zert gear. Uh, we are training with firearms. We are training with communication devices we are wearing military gear or paramilitary gear however you want to call it um, so from a complete outsider perspective anybody that would want to paint zert with that brush really wouldn't have a hard time doing it but 
I looked at, if you really look at what's outlined in this bill, a lawyer that's worth two cents could make a case that any USPSA member is guilty under this because does USPSA have a rank structure? Why, yes, they do. They right. have a grandmaster and a D class and a B class and a C class and an A class. And this person is the president. And this person is the vice president. And there's a whole clause in this bill about crossing state lines. Well, guess where USPSA matches are? They're everywhere. They're in every state. So well, yeah. if I cross the state line to compete in a USPSA three-gun match, I'm training with a firearm. I've crossed state lines. I'm a member of an organization that has more than three people that does have a rank structure. You could, you technically could prosecute every single USPSA member that's ever participated in a sanctioned match under this bill. So, yeah, but I, so here's where I would, I, I would throw a question out. I mean, and, and I think, Paul, when we talked yesterday, I asked you about command structure. Um, and, you know, I jokingly um, told all of the uh, the POCs because they refer to me as the boss. And which, you know, I, I don't know what they referred to XP001 as, but, you know, there's there's no real command structure. I mean, and I think that's what we even talked about um Paul, when you and I talked, I said, hey, you know, I mean, are they trying to sit there and say, because you are the instructor and they are the students, there is a command structure in place? I think they can read it any way they want, you know, just like we're, we're talking about. It's, you know, as an instructor for... <clears throat> I just swallowed some air. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, I teach Maryland wear and carry. And just like Jamie said, uh, you guys were mentioning, there is no definition for brandishing from the state of Maryland. So brandishing could be called anything. You could accidentally, you know, pull your shirt up. And if somebody saw that firearm and because it's not defined, they can basically go, you know, they can arrest you. Now, is it going to go to court? You know, are you going to hire a lawyer? It's going to cause a lot of pain and suffering for you. And I think that's the intent of with, this. With this, yeah. just to, to cause a lot of, because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, who are they going after? Like, who are they trying to charge with a crime? Because I, I guarantee you, you know, it's just, you know, and I hate to, to bring this up, you know, but like everybody, you know, there's so many people out there that hate, that hate cops until they need a cop. You know, there's people out there being a ranger in Savannah. I can, can't tell you the amount of people that hate rangers in Savannah <laughs> until nine 11 happened. And then when nine 11 happened, everybody loved rangers again because they're over, you know, I mean, they're local here. Not everybody loved rangers, but a lot of people in Savannah loved rangers, right? You know, people, people are hating militias right now, but red dawn happens <laughs> and all my local buddies, gather together and defend their towns i guarantee you people are going to depend on militias because the main reason why japanese the japanese didn't invade mainland you know mainland america is because there's a rifle behind every blade of grass that is a militia right there is all these people that are going to gather together and defend the country that they love unfortunately that's what we're we're not right now you know just like everybody you hate a cop until you need a cop. You hate the military until you, you, you know, 9-11 happens and you need the military. Well, right now, it's all these organizations that, oh, they're, they're training for, 
you know, for all this bad stuff. Well, what if we're not? What if we just want to be prepared? And well, I'm okay. not saying I mean, we because I'm a member of a militia. Well, no, but I'm what, just out there training to, to protect to pr my community. There so they could call me a militia. Absolutely. Well, not, not even so much your community, but to protect you and your family and your loved ones, your immediate you, you know, the, my community. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, and then, you know, and then it expands from there. I mean, the, the moment you put a firearm, you carry a firearm and you walk into a restaurant, you're accepting a, a form of responsibility that you will act as if, if needed. It's the, I mean, just kind of the best way. So, uh, you know, going through this bill where, where, and then where it starts to get so weird is, you know, after they define everything, right? So it's, you're right. It is really awkward that they throw ammunition in there. So, okay. So we can, we can train without ammunition. We can do that's everything. Not an accident. What's that? I said, that's not an accident. Right. Exactly. So an accident in there. Right. Um, Explosive incendiary device, obviously firearm, um, and then large capacity ammunition feeding device. It's it's just so funny that those, like you just said, those are brought in there. Um, they they give the the definition of private paramilitary organization, and then they also, like you pointed out, a regularly a regularly organized state militia, um, and I I think that defines the National Guard. Um, and then I think there's a couple of states that have their own, like state, Texas has a, has a state guard, right? Mm, you know, they sure do. Right. And then what, the, isn't there a civilian, air, go, go ahead. Yes, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that worked. I'm going to have to do that more often. Paul has the floor. I think listening to your two different definitions of militia, the, the two, the thing that I noticed from just listening to you, uh, you know, the, the definition from before it states that the militia is, is, is fighting with for this country right and then the the modern day definition at the end it says you know any any organization that goes up against the u.s government well there's the difference right right there they're trying to to you know they're making this assumption and and this is you know and it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure this out you know if they have the you know if they if there's if they see there's an intent and they get on our social media and see any posts against the government. You know, it's like, oh, this guy's posting stuff, you know, anti this president or anti this person or, you know, we need to do this or do that. Now they have a reason to kind of go after you. And now if you're training, you know, so it's it's one of those things that we just got to be very careful on, you know, what we say and what we do. And as long as we're saying and doing everything right. If, if they're going to, if anybody's going to go after anybody, you know, it's, it, but are we, I'm personally not going to sit here and live in fear when it comes to anything. No, no. Now, and hopefully I, if you read this bill at the very, at the very top of this thing, when you get this thing online and I don't know if you can see it, there's a tracker, there's a tracker on the very top of the page and it says introduced past Senate, past house to president become a law. So you can literally sit here and track every progression of this and hopefully with common sense and the fact that we do have multiple parties, you know, and, and stuff like that. This is something that 
should and will be shot down uh, and yeah. that progression. But the state of this country, you never know. Right. And and I think that's obviously I want to make sure everybody understands that we're, we're talking about a proposed bill. Uh, it has not gone any farther than that. And I do not think it will go any farther. It won't make it. I don't think it'll make it past the floor. But hey, stranger things have happened, right? I mean, <laughs> it's crazy that this thing was even introduced, well, especially coming out of this state that had so many militias to protect this country. Okay. <laughs> and, and, but that goes back to Jamie's point. Like, he, this is a 46 year sitting government official that has done what? Probably not a lot, you know, um, the, and we're going to get into the kind of the, the, the second half of this, which is the fact that this guy has been in government office for 46 years. That's ridiculous. We'll, we'll talk about term limits because I think it, this guy's act by putting this out there just shows that it, you need to, you need to drain the swamp, so to speak. Um, you know, that terminology has been thrown out there and it, I, I think this guy somehow just circled the drain and, and didn't get, didn't get out or get removed. But, you know, could you imagine 40 years of AOC and her stupidity? How long has uh, president Joe Biden been a politician? Uh, probably close to that same that same I amount of time, pretty close to but the same number. you know, Jamie brought it up that you, you can't, there's term limits for presidents. You, you can't be a police officer for, for that long. There's forced retirement there. You know, you, there, there needs to be a, a clear line in the sand that gets drawn and it's stuff like this and this, these stupid bills that get put out there that, I mean, you know, it should have never been introduced. It shouldn't have never, like, I'm sorry. If you go and you try and do a paper when you're a kid and you hand it to your parents and you write the stupidest shit ever, your parents are going to smack you, right? And you just say, no, go <laughs> get back, get out of here. This guy should have been smacked at some point. When he said, here, write this up and hand it in, somebody should have been like, um, yeah, no, sit down, go back to just collecting your check. You're a millionaire. Shut up. It would be interesting to see what else this guy has introduced over his 46 years of tenure. Uh, <laughs> Biden was first elected to the Senate in 1972, by the way, and go. has been continuously serving in the government since then and has somehow turned himself into a millionaire. But, uh, but yeah, the, we you know, know that's been a while because that's the year I was born. Yeah. So that is. Been <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, but, uh, you can tell us exactly how long. Go ahead, Jay. Every career politician all wants the same thing. It's all right. uh, every career politician wants to be reelected. And I, I think when Chris, when you because I, I wasn't tracking on this, I hadn't heard of this. You pointed it out to me. And, and I think one of my first reactions to it was was something along the lines of uh, this guy has to justify his existence. People like this guy have to justify their existence. They have to go to their constituency and they have to say, look. Look what I did. Look, look what I tried to do. I tried to do this thing, but it got shut down by these, you know, these, right. these evil other people on the on the other side. Um, so, I've served in in the United States military for as long as I have, uh, you know, really and truly and honestly, because I'm a patriot, 
and because I do believe that the United States is the greatest country in the world. And I do have faith that uh, even though we may lose our way at times, that we are going to find our way back and we are going to continue to be the greatest country in the world. And and still holding on to a little bit of, of the faith that I have in our, our country and our government and our way of life and our constitution that I've sworn an oath to uphold. Like Paul said, this this bill is just at its introductory phase, and I really don't expect it to go anywhere. Uh, I I would be extremely surprised if it even makes it, you know, off the tee. Um, I, I think that anybody with uh, I'm not a lawyer, but I think anybody with half a brain and 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 that went to law school for for more than five minutes can take a look at this and right. and see that it's it's way too vague, it's way too sweeping. Um, I do think it's, like I said before, it's not an accident that the one thing in this whole big, vague bill that they're, that they're proposing, the one thing they decided to suddenly become specific about was, uh, ammunition, large capacity or high capacity ammunition feeding devices. So this is, you know, that again, that kind of shows their cards that this is another veiled attempt at, at banning magazine capacity or whatever it is. And then, and then having this whole other legal penal code that, that they can swipe you into. Because if you look at the, if you look at the the part of the bill that covers how they're going to enforce it and what the penalties are going to be, if you're found guilty of, of any part of this bill, you know, if it were to pass, uh, you would, the, 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 I think it's subsection one of the, the it's a forfeiture clause that you, you immediately forfeit all property that's right. associated with your um, violation of, of this 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 law, right? And so you would immediately violate, or I'm sorry, you would immediately forfeit all of your firearms, all of your ammunition, because Paul owns a, a shooting range which was used for this unlawful training. He would immediately forfeit ownership of of his actual you know property and land that that his shooting range is on. And uh, I I don't think this thing has a snowball's chance in hell of of actually passing. But it's important that people like wake up and see that this is the kind of thing that's happening probably fairly often. That's why the other reason why I would like to go back and see what other things this dude has proposed over his 46 years that that never went anywhere um, to, a, as an illustration that he has probably done this kind of thing his entire career. And, and we've never even heard about it. Yeah. Um. I, and, and you know, there. I don't know this. When, when did it say it was proposed, introduced on the sixteenth of January? So, uh, let's see. Going back, uh, what Paul said here at the top. So, on the sixteenth of January, it was that was the latest action. Uh, it was read twice and referred to the committee on the judiciary. Um, yeah, introduced into the Senate on the sixteenth of January. So here we are. Uh, almost 30 days later, and obviously it hasn't moved, which who knows what will happen. Um, the, I guess there's probably some importance here to be noted that it's an election year, and this year, more than more than most, it's obviously important to get out there and vote because of who's on the ballot at the end of the year. Um I think that there's a lot of times when we sit here and, and we talk about the disgust of some of the things that is being proposed, but, you know, does 
Does everybody get out there and do their part? Not just every four years, but you know, anytime there's an election, whether it is, I, I, and, and just to kind of go off the subject here, but I remember a few years back when they were trying to propose some gun control in the local town of Southbury, Connecticut, where you couldn't carry your firearm in certain buildings. And it was, it was this huge thing. Like you couldn't bring it in the library. You couldn't bring it in the grocery store because other people would be afraid and blah, blah. And they had such an outpouring and it became like a, a town committee. They had such a huge turnout. They had to change the venue of where it was to the high school auditorium because so many people came to speak out against this proposed thing. And it got shut down. But where I was going with that is it, it's up to us to make sure that the people that are putting this stuff out there don't stick around. And that's, I mean, obviously we're, it's part of our being an American is your right to vote. And if you're not out there doing it, what are you doing? Why are you complaining? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, when I, when I read this thing, it's, it was, it's actually funny if you read through it, there's a sub paragraph here and it says that someone uh, cannot interfere with or imitate intimidate another person and that person's exercise of any right under the constitution of the united states well this that right there basically to me goes against the bill so i don't know who writes this stuff who thinks about it uh, <laughs> i mean right you're, here, literally, you're saying right. that that you can't do what you're telling me that i yeah that i can't you can't <laughs> I, prosecute me for doing what you're saying that i can't do exactly now here's the thing right like the <laughs> You would like to think the people that write this or come up with this have some sort of education and comprehension of basic skills. And I would like somebody who reads these things and understands them like I read and understand first grade kindergarten writing and Dr. Seuss to explain that part to me. It shall be unlawful to knowingly interfere with or intimidate another person in that person's exercise of any right under the Constitution of the United States. Okay. You're trying to intimidate me right now. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and then the best part is that two, two sections down, section five, is basically they're saying any training that could be used to engage in any of these activities. So it, it's, again, that's their little catch-all clause under, the, under that. So. Oh, it is, it is just ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I would like to make this a watch party. Um, and, and when it gets shut down, we just all get on and, and praise and have tacos and bourbon because, Oh my God. But what should happen is when this guy, this guy should be made to stand up in front of the class, like everybody. And we go back to a time when people's feelings weren't hurt. And when he starts to talk about this, everyone stands up and laughs at him and throws rotten fruit and, and calls him an idiot or uses yeah. much more offensive terminology. And he sits down and just never speaks up again. Because well, it's like one of the, when... go ahead. You know, anybody, any anytime anybody stands up and somebody asks them to find an assault rifle oh, God. or to find a woman, 
they can't do it because they don't even know what it is. So they can't define this because they have no idea. It's they're, they're trying to group together. It's, it's two groups here. If you do all this training with three or more people with guns and you're doing it for good, then you're okay. But if you're doing it for bad, then you're not okay. Right. Who decides if you're doing it for good or for bad? Right. Right. Whoever charge, you know, whoever runs the country, whichever political party and, and, and that's that's the crappy thing about this is anybody can come to my house and say you're doing this for bad. I'm like, well, no, I'm not. I'm. Who are you to judge? I'm just, you know, trying to make a living. Number one, and I'm not organizing anything. I'm training individuals to could, protect. Themselves. I mean, could you imagine if this was taking something else, like remove the firearm piece and talk about a vehicle? Like, nope. If you start training to drive better, then you, I, it's just like, you, you know, using a vehicle, uh, I mean, cars kill more people and are more dangerous and rec- you, you can be 16 and drive a vehicle. You don't even have to have a license and you can drive a vehicle and you can cause as much damage as you can with. Well, that's. I don't think that's very far off because this country is trying to get all vehicles to run off electricity. Oh God. So yeah. imagine us three getting together and, and working on gas cars, right? You know, Holy cow, what are you doing? You're, you're working on, you know, assault car cars here. Yeah. You need to be together talking about electric cars and that might be illegal 10 years from now. Yeah. And we joke about it now, but that's the direction that we're going. That's why I pointed out that they threw in that little catch-all clause because using your example, Chris, it's like it would be like them giving you a speeding ticket just because you drive a car that's capable of going faster than the speed limit. Right. That's basically what. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's all pretty much summed up under the bucket of um, government overreach. And we have just continued to see that time and time again. Yeah. and and it's always it's usually always with the one amendment that says shall not be infringed. It is the most infringed upon. Um, you know, if you're familiar with it, I mean, Jamie, you're definitely familiar with it. California literally just had Freedom Week, where um, almost it well, it, yeah, almost a week. It was wasn't quite a week. Now it was deemed unconstitutional about the ban of uh, a a California resident being able to order ammunition online and have it shipped to their house. Uh, And this has been a struggle that California residents have faced for a while. Um, And then basically uh, the, the judge over there just said, no, this is unconstitutional. And yeah. And for anybody that's not tracking. So this went into effect in 2016 uh, you in order to buy ammunition uh, not, not a firearm, not nothing, just to buy ammunition. You had to go to an authorized FFL, uh, or an authorized dealer, um, that they made, they did make an exemption for ammunition dealers that you didn't really have to be an FFL, but you can't basically you had to be an FFL, but, right. uh, you had to go, you had to pass a background check to buy ammunition. Right. Uh, and, and so you, ha- it had to be done in person. You had to buy, pass a background check fee. But that also allowed them to track who is buying ammunition, what caliber, and how much, and how often uh, by passing this bill. So the the Ninth Circuit Court Judge uh, Benitez in California 
decided correctly that that was unconstitutional because it is an infringement. And then the thing you and I talked about was California uh, filed for a stay right. in the ruling. And, and the thing that just, you know, as a freedom-loving American, the thing that has always drived me nuts is anytime they grant a stay in the ruling, it always defaults back to the more restrictive posture. Right. Like, and I, I, to, again, I'm not a lawyer. I've never been to law school, but that has never made sense to me that when an, you know, a federal district court appeals judge right. says that this thing is unconstitutional, to me, it should go to the lesser restrictive posture until the opposing side. Uh, can prove that uh, yeah. that they're correct or whatever. I, I I've never understood why 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 the in these cases it always defaults back to the more restrictive posture. I mean, yeah, and and that's just another example of the government overreach. I, and then New York State just followed suit, um, and so much so where uh, that if you if like if Clark Armory attempted to ship to New York, um, they were threatening to sue. Um, because in reality, they really can't, I mean, listen, we, we won't get into what you can and can't do and, and it's kind of all bullshit, but then Washington just tried to do the same thing and it was actually shut down. Um, the law doesn't actually state that, you know, there are States where you have to have a permit to carry, then there's constitutional carry. You know, the second amendment is obviously very clear in, in what it allows. And obviously these States, put on their own restrictions. Um, as you stated, this is not just in Massachusetts, but it's coming out of Massachusetts, which has some horrible restrictions. Again, you have to have a permit to buy ammo. You have to, you have a 10 round magazine limit. Um, you know, you need a, a permit to carry your firearm. I don't know. I don't know if there's a waiting period to buy something, even with a permit, but it's, it's just all, disgusting overreach by the government. And the other, I think we're, we're getting close to wrapping up here, but the other thing I wanted yeah. to, to bring up and like why this is important, because I, I don't think this is anything that we have to, to be overly concerned about. Like going back to Paul's original point that he made at the top of the show, I'm not overly concerned about this. I really have faith that this, this isn't going to go anywhere. Um, but this is a case for why you do need to be politically active. Right. And I, I hate it when people, when people, when, when a conversation of politics comes up, inevitably there's always somebody that says, well, I hate to be political or I hate to get political. It's like, you should want to get political. And, and my politics test is this. When you go to the bathroom and take a shit and you flush the toilet do you like it when the shit disappears from your life? Yes or no? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good. You, I, I, I like that. Okay, I yeah. assume you do. I, I assume yeah. you like it when you flush the toilet <laughs> and the shit goes away. Yeah. Do you know what made that happen? Politics made that happen because, in order to get your indoor plumbing and sewage lines and zoning and construction permits and all, all like environmental impact permits. That's all politics. If you enjoy the fact that you're able to flush your toilet and get your shit out of your life that easily politics made that happen. So you, so whether you think so or not, you actually are into politics if you enjoy flushing your toilet. And I, I like it. 
I heard I listened. I, I'm I'm a podcast junkie. Other than being on this one, I listen to about five podcasts a day. Usually, I have my little set list of politics and uh, or politics. I have my set list of podcasts, and one of them talked about it was last week. It said there's 161 registered 161 million registered voters in the United States, and they said that something like 86 percent of those 161 million people that are registered to vote in this country they don't decide who they're going to vote for like in a presidential election until one month or less before the election and they said that they estimate that people that are that maintain a politically active status meaning you're you're actively following politics and actively following uh you know what happened in the democratic party and what happened in the republican party today and what did joe biden say in this speech and what what is this bill that's being proposed by congress that people that actually track that and follow that and they listen to politics and pay attention to politics on a daily basis is less than 1% of those 161 million registered voters in this country. So uh, if nothing else from this bill, this should be a wake-up call that that you need to wake up and you need to get politically active and you don't need to be ashamed of being into politics. It's it, it, That is a hard lift for me. Um, and and it's, it's because stupidity hurts like stupidity hurts my brain you know and just seeing some of the I, you know there's a there's a video that just came up and they were and and it was the president of the united states talking and i'm sitting here looking at this guy going holy shit what is this guy rambling about like mumbling rambling looking incoherent looking confused looking like he's just waiting for his tapioca pudding to be served to him so he can put slippers on and watch like, you know, reruns of Dragnet. Like what is happening here? And it's just hard for me because I'm like, my God, this is, this is what other countries look at us. You, you know, you referred to this being the, the, the greatest country on, on earth and shit, man, like we're being laughed at. And, yeah, for sure. You know, and and here I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. I'm not saying that the other guy is the best thing that we have to offer as well. I mean, is there nothing better? It has that has our has our government and politics become so shitty that people just like good people don't want to do it. Like they just don't. They're like, no, screw that. Who the hell wants to step in to the president role? And then just be scrutinized for the next four years of their life because they wore brown shoes instead of blue shoes. They used chocolate ice cream instead of vanilla ice cream because that's all it is. It doesn't matter. If you say up, everyone's like, well, he didn't say down. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think we've all seen that analogy with the four phases of you know the country. And I think we're at that one spot where – it, it says weak men create weak times. And so I'm going to say about that. But uh, the yeah. thing that, that scares me the most is, is there's politicians that, that actually believe this crap, right. this bill, yeah. you know, and, and I don't know if they're so, so narrow minded, but somebody had to write this and there are people out there that, that agree, they read this and they agree with it. It's like, do you really understand what, what you, what you, you're agreeing with here? And uh, that's that's the thing that, you know, whether this thing passes or not, and, and I agree with you guys, I don't think it's going to reach the next up, 
step. But there are actually people out there that believe that this should be an effect. This should should be a bill. And that's what I'm just like, what are you what are you thinking? <laughs> that's it's it amazes me that I, part I, of the country feels I, like that. I, and I'm hoping it was done by an intern and that intern's fired. Um, <laughs> but geez, it's it's scary. Well, that really puts me at a loss because I, I don't believe they actually believe it. If you actually hook them up to a polygraph test that was connected to a taser that was connected to their genitals, I don't believe they believe this crap. Like, uh, well, well let me hold on. Let me ask what all or some I because I believe in so, I, you can take the the asshole from this state from Connecticut and he 100 percent probably believes this. And he, he's probably he probably uses his, as lotion. Well, the guy that wrote this bill is going to tell you that he believes in it. Meanwhile, he's being protected by people who have taken classes exactly like the classes that Paul and I teach, which shows you that he doesn't actually believe it. Well, I mean, so I guess then you can take that. Because if, if he actually believed it, then he wants to take away the guns and the training from the guy that's protecting well, him. Well, no, because. Which he doesn't want to do. That's not necessarily true, because in it, he says there are exceptions to that. And the exceptions are the people that they deem worthy. So his... okay, well, if you want if you want your personal protection detail to be you know a, a two hundred and seventy pound guy from the Texas State Guard, you know I guess knock yourself out. But I, I, no, no, I, I, you're not getting an argument for me. But they're saying that well, police officers are are necessary so they can do this, and Secret Service are necessary because they're you know they've they've been vetted and 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 whatnot, so they're allowed to do this, but. You know, you can't. I mean, who knows? You might be able to because right. you are current active duty military. Paul, you were good well, until yeah, you decided. Now, right. And then yeah, I'm not good anymore. Right. There's so many people out there that think, you know, it's like, I don't want you to carry a gun, but I can carry a gun because I'm above you. Well, That's exactly my point. Right. That, and which shows that they don't actually believe this. Right. And they'll tell yeah. you they do, but they actually don't. Yeah. Yeah. Because they because deep down somewhere inside of them, they know that a person with a gun, with training, that they actually do need that person. But but exactly like Paul just said, I'm okay with my guy having a gun. I just don't want you and you to have one. Right, right. Guys, you know, uh, uh, as we as we close out the, the episode, we always like to kind of interject some some point here. And I think the, the, the takeaway for me and, and hopefully for you guys out there is that it 100% you should be getting involved to a certain extent uh, when it comes to voting and making sure that we get the right person in office that is going to continue to protect our rights and not try and take them away. We will keep an eye on this. We'll, I mean, obviously, we're going to be tracking on it and, and continuing to watch and see if it, if it gets anywhere. Um, Zert training is still happening. We still have a curriculum to put out there and to teach and, and we're going to continue to do so. Um, and that's just the bottom line. So, um, as always, you guys stay safe out there and make sure that you are getting involved as you can. Jamie, get involved, be politically involved, be don't be shy about that and get training. Yes. Even though this bill tells you not to, the fact that this bill tells you not to is exactly the reason why you need to. So get training and remember that it's easy to be hard and it's hard to be smart. Paul? Yeah, we know our rights. 
So, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Don't I? I don't want to say don't be scared, but know your rights and uh, and yeah, go out there and and train every day. Uh, try to be better. Awesome. Okay, guys, we'll talk to you guys real soon. Stay safe. ZP002 out.